You're listening to Random Fit with hosts Wendy Batts and Ken Miller, winner of a Gold Markham Award for Digital Media. Welcome, and thank you for joining us here on this episode of Random Fit, where I, myself, Ken Miller, am co-host with my friend and partner in crime, Miss Wendy Batts. Wendy, how you doing? I'm great. How are you? I am good, and I'm and I'm excited for this episode of, of Random Fit because what we're going to talk about is body composition and what it means and how we need to approach it and understand it as somebody who might be looking to change how they look, change how they feel. So what we're really addressing here is quality over quantity. So, you know, a lot of us, Wendy, we just, you know, when it comes to changing how we look, we will take that scale, we'll step on it, and then we'll look at a number. But <laughs> what we need to understand, and hopefully better at the end of this podcast versus now, is understanding the importance of what that number actually means in the in the grand scheme of things as far as okay what are you made of who are who are you as far as what are you made of (laughs) what are you made of what makes you the person who you are Um, it's it's funny that you say that about the scale though because literally the other day I got on the scale and I'm like this can't be right so I actually reset my scale. It's a digital scale. I'm like, oh, this is way off. And I got back on. I'm like, oh, man. And I got off one more time. I'm like, okay, third time's the charm. And they were all three the same numbers. I'm like, uh-oh. You know, yeah. because, because again, it was a number that I didn't like and wasn't used to seeing. So I'm like, okay, there's going to have to be some lifestyle changes that happen immediately. But, you know, I think it's, I think this is an awesome topic because I, again, recently had a client come to see me and he hands me this sheet of paper and it was his DEXA scan results. And uh, we're going to talk about the different types of body composition, um, you know, the different things that you can do to find out your numbers. But he was, he was like, this is not okay. This is not okay. I am too young to have numbers like this. And when I say he was a client of mine, I just did manual therapy. So we sat down and now he's actually going to start working with a trainer. He's actually working with an RD uh, for his nutrition and it was a big, big wake up call for him. And now every quarter he's going in to get rescanned to see where he's hopefully moving in the right directions. But it was, I mean, when he came yeah. in with this piece of paper, it looked like he was about to cry. And, uh, you know, right. I think it's important to talk about it because it happens. Yeah. And, you know, when I, so when I get on the scale, my scale just says one at a time, please. So <laughs> I just, <laughs> the, that's old. Who else is on here? You look around. Yeah, it's like, like, hey, it's someone... One person only. What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, no. I don't know if you ever did this, but when I was in college, um, you know, we had scales and we would sometimes go behind the person without them knowing and add like oh. your toe and press down Just really heavy. pressure on there. Yeah. What <laughs> <laughs> um, not to do, by the way. However, it was actually pretty fun at the time. Yeah, but... it's, it's a good, it's a good, uh, we had weights and measurements was our class. Oh. Uh, when, when, yeah. So we had weights and, you know, and actually we did a lot of the things we're going to talk about today, but mm-hmm. when we talk about body composition and quality versus quantity, it's, it's more than just the number on the scale. What we have to look at is, okay, what makes up that density? So Wendy, when you had that client that just presented you with that paper, you know, I had a client, Lori, and I, I know I've mentioned her many a time on previous recordings. You know, I, I, I worked with Lori for, for three years. And from beginning to end, if you were to just look at the number on the scale, 
over those two years that we were together, she only lost three pounds on the scale, three pounds, right? But when we looked at her body composition, and thank goodness, even then I was like, okay, let's take out the tape measure and then let's use the equations and figure out, okay, well, what does what does your weight on the scale actually mean density-wise? So what that meant was she actually lost 11 pounds of fat, but even more importantly for her is that she put on eight pounds of lean body mass. So that's, again, when we're talking about you know, muscle, lean, lean tissue, uh, bones, things like it. Not that she's going to put a ton of weight of bones, but that was more a reflection on her muscle density. So she put on eight pounds of, of, of muscle while losing 11 pounds of, of fat. But what that also meant for her was that she went down from a size 11, 12, down to a size two, four, right? So so it meant a drastic change on how she looked, even though you look at the number on the scale, it was only three pounds. There's a lot of people would say, well, I'll lose that in one day, right? But now we have to look at, okay, well, what makes up that, you know, how that person is, is actually made up under the skin? And that winds up being important because as we look at different people, we have different sizes, different shapes, and we also have different body types. So you know, we have to look at, okay, well, when it comes to density, that's like how much, how much matter is within a certain amount of space that, that you take up on this earth. So in looking at body density, you know, we all come from I mean, some different, you know, we have different genetic makeups on, on how much fat and how much lean body mass that we carry naturally. And we all have a predisposition, you know, just a natural range upper and lower range that we might carry ourselves. So as personal trainers or strength coaches, and if body composition does affect how you get paid or why clients come to you, these are things that we need to understand better. Yeah. And when we're talking about body composition, I think it's important to talk about what that actually means first. I mean, so we're talking about percentages of of your genetic makeup or your, your makeup in general. So we're looking at your fat, we're looking at water, we're looking at bone, we're looking at um, just basically what's the differences in percentages of what you're made of? Because again, fat, bone, water, and muscle, when you're looking at four different things, how much of it is water? Well, most of your body's made up of water, but then how much of it's made up of muscle in relation to fat? And it's like you said, you know, when you're looking at somebody that might weigh a hundred pounds, over here and someone over here that weighs a hundred pounds too, but one of them's really small and one of them is really big. Well, it may be because they, one person over here that's a hundred pounds may have more fat in comparison to someone that's maybe leaner and has less fat, but the weight is still the same. And I am going to put this out there. And for those of you guys that know this, I'm very, very happy to say this is a review. Those of you guys that say, say this to me, please stop saying this to anyone. Muscle does not weigh more than fat period. Muscle, a pound of muscle equals a pound of fat. So muscle and fat, whatever that pound is, weighs the same. It's the amount of space one takes up over the other. So again, one doesn't weigh more than the other. One's just maybe bigger than the other or, or looks bigger or make you look bigger. So I, I always throw that out there because they're like, huh, I never thought of that. Or somebody will say, I'll say, okay, you've got you know a pound of fat. And I was like, you know, you got a pound of muscle, which weighs more? And they look at me and they're like, but muscle weighs more than fat. I'm like, does it? 
yeah. And, yeah. and they're like, huh, I never really thought of that. But I hear that all the time. Yeah. The and time. that actually goes to that old uh, trick question, right? Which weighs more, a, a ton of feathers or a ton of bricks? Right. right? It's like, hmm, let's see. A ton of bricks, of course. Right. Yeah. So. <laughs> But but when we look at that, too, you know, you have to look at different body types. So naturally, you know, you get that person that's naturally, you know, I'd say skinny. Right. But they, they basically don't have a whole lot of fat. They don't have a whole lot of muscle either. And that's what generally what we call an ectomorph. So when we're talking about body types. You know, there's a certain makeup of, um, you know, how somebody might carry uh, how much they might carry of, of we all have fat. We all have muscle. Right. If we're. If we're a living, breathing human being, we all have fat, we all have muscles. So an ectomorph had, doesn't have a whole lot of either. That might be that slightly built person. Now, a mesomorph, you know, they have naturally more lean tissue, lean body mass over fat, right? And then you have that other person who might be an endomorph. So they, they're they naturally, you know, I, I'd consider myself more like an endomorph, right? Uh, <laughs> softer body with curves, right? Uh, so when we're when we're talking about you know how people are made up differently between ecto endo meso, what we are talking about is that people are made up differently, and if we want to change how we look and how we feel or maybe how we perform, we have to you know we have to build in strong consideration. Okay, well how are you naturally? And again, it's you're not just either ecto meso or endo. Totally, you might be a combination of of the three or some kind of, you know, there's, let's look at it as a continuum, right. Of lean tissue and, and body fat. So that's why we need to look at, cause we're all built different. We all carry um, body composition differently. So that's one reason why we need to look at body composition because, okay, you, you, there's how you are naturally. And then, okay, well, how are we going to manipulate that? That kind of might fit into how, you are because if somebody comes, you know, comes to me and they're they're more of a that softer, rounder person, like, you know, I'll 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 claim that. Uh, but if my expectation is to be, you know, on the leaner side, but that's within the smaller side, you know, the the lower end range of where I might be comfortably, or even from a health standpoint, I'm kind of teetering on the on the edge of what might be unhealthy for me to want to be a little bit on the leaner side or look like that person who might be on the other end of the spectrum. So as a personal trainer, I want to know this because I want to know what the expectations are, the goals are, because if they have this, this, I don't say impossible because everything's possible. You just have to manage expectations and say, Hey, you can get there, but do you want to feel like you're going to feel for you to do all the things you got to do to, to look like that? Right. So this is where body composition helps you kind of, well, understanding body types relative to body composition, because mm -hmm. if someone has a composition goal or a physical aesthetic goal, these are the things that we need to, to understand and manage and have that conversation. OK, well, what is an what is a appropriate range for you for what what's sustainable? Yeah. And I think it's important too. you know, you always hear people, you know, say, okay, are you an apple or a pear? Meaning, like you said, Ken, you know, where do, where is the fat distribution going to be? in, let's say you compared to myself and, mm -hmm. and it's also really hard for people to understand that we can't spot reduce. Like for me, I'm Greek. 
I have, you know, bigger, bigger, lower body than my upper body. That's, that's my genetic makeup. That's how my mom was. That's, you know, that's just how, how we are. So I struggle losing, you know, becoming leaner more on my, you know, hips and, and glutes and legs and stuff in comparison to my upper body when other people might have more trouble, um, you know, the other way around. But you have to think on a health standpoint too, you know, it is a lot when someone does have excess fat and they're carrying more weight than their body frame. And that's why it's important to talk about the three different um, types of body um, or three different body types is because it is really stressful on your heart. It's stressful on your joints. It's stressful on your bones. And so, you know, that's why, you know, there are things like your BMI. So it's like, what is your, you know, what is that number in comparison to some of these? But, but I think understanding just in general, your body composition. So again, what are your percent percentages? And then what are you going to do to maintain those? I think it's important. Let's, let's go into what those are. Um, you, we obviously talked about body comp, knowing how much you weigh. So if you want to get on a scale, that's super simple. Most people have that in their homes. They have it anywhere. You can even go um, to your doctor will tell you, you know, how much you weigh when you do hopefully your annual checkup. But I think it's also important to, to, to note that it's good to know these numbers and where you are today and then going and doing reassessments just to make sure that, you know, the quality of, of your, your numbers and what you're doing to maintain healthy numbers it's maintaining that throughout your, your age, because as we get older, it's harder to gain muscle. We know that we start losing, you know, uh, bone, uh, our bone density starts to drop, you know, muscle mass is harder to gain. And we want to make sure that, that we're looking at some of these percentages while you're younger, because it is harder as you get older. And so I know that the gold standard is that DEXA scan that we talked about. And, you know, and it's easy. They actually have clinics. I know out in Georgia where you can go in, you pay a small fee and they do a scan for you to get that. Um, but it does require technicians to do readings of this stuff for you um, in order to give you a printout that you might be able to actually use and understand. Yep. And I, you mentioned body mass index or BMI. Um, I just want to revisit that a little bit. And the reason why we're not really incorporating that into this conversation as far as body composition goes, because is all it is, is looking at your height versus weight, right? So if you're the same height and you carry a certain amount of weight, again, uh, if you lose weight, again, you're, you're going you're gonna to have a smaller number of scale, but you're going to be the same height. But think about the body mass index just for our listeners out there on random fit as we talk about body composition quality over quantity is that it's very simplistic and it's and it was a quick i would say a quick reference guide for uh more so insurance policies when they look mm -hmm. at okay well you're a certain height certain weight then they make an assumption that you know as the average american goes that you know if you're bmi is 30 plus you're going to be in that obese category which makes you a higher risk but the downside of that is that if I am 12% body fat, but I'm still at that weight for my height and I'm still 30 plus on the BMI, I don't register well for that insurance policy or according to that scale when it looks like, you know, I've got six pack abs, which I don't, but for the most part. <laughs> yes, um, you do. Yes, yes you I do. do. Yeah. Under this shirt, them. behind this, yeah. <laughs> There might uh, be some covering we, over it, but they're there. Yeah, they're there. They're there. Yeah. Um, but it's a very, very, very simplistic way of looking at density, if you will, uh, because it's not a true reflection of if you do, you know, again, if you're of that 
of that body type that does carry more lean body mass, it does it will not reflect in those numbers, which is why we are talking about body composition today. And the DEXA scan, yes, it is one of those highly regarded methods of assessing body composition, but it does cost money, right? You, you have to pay because, like you said, when there is a technical skill, there is specific equipment that is required for you to get the numbers or the readings that you get from that method of body composition mm -hmm. assessment. Yeah. And again, it depends on how much you want to know. If you want to be very accurate, then that's where you want to go and look up in your general area. Where can you do a DEXA scan, make a quick appointment? It's very quick, simple to do. But yes, there is a cost. Um, I know as a, as a personal trainer, I you know utilize, I have someone step on the scale and that's mainly just so I've got a starting point. But I know one of the number one things that I use, Ken, and, I, and I'm sure you probably do because of what you just said with your, your client, Lori, is do circumference measurements. Circumference measurements, guys, all it is is taking, you know, measuring tape and you're putting it around different body parts and getting a number. And it's basically looking and determining girth. And in so therefore, as someone starts to lean out, then obviously the girth is going to get smaller and you're going to see these numbers drop. Um, maybe someone's chest, you want to get bigger, you want to see that grow. So it depends on who who you're working with, what their goals are, where they're starting and what they're looking to see. But gathering that information has saved my clients' souls so many times because I'm like, yeah, we went way this, but look at where we are here. And they're like, huh. And I'm like, think about how your jeans are fitting now and your shorts are fitting and, and how much easier it is for you to move. I think that one um, is, is super, super easy to do. It, it doesn't cost anything other than just, per, you know, buying the actual uh um, piece it's you know measuring tape, tape yeah. we're going to look at the neck we're going to look at the chest we're going to look at the widest part of the hip and again we're just reporting numbers we're going to look at the thighs so i think it's usually six inches from the kneecap that's that's yeah. our go-to because we want consistency on where where we're measuring we look at the calves same thing the widest part of someone's calves and then again, you know, the biceps of so the upper arm, where's the quote peak of your bicep. And then we just write all of those numbers down. And again, more people want to see the bicep go up and maybe they're, you know, if you're a guy, you want your chest to, well, it depends on where you're starting, but some people want that to go up. You know, women want smaller hips, you know, nicer calves, quads, that kind of thing. But it's every person is different, but having those numbers is easy to do. And it's a really good way to reevaluate yourself. Yeah. And, and there's, there's a few ways of, you know, let's say looking at or addressing those numbers, right? Like you said, you can, you can look at the individual areas by themselves. Okay. Well, did I put on an inch on the biceps or did I take off an inch on the thighs? Uh, but you can also look at total numbers, right? Just where it is as a sum, but there are equations out there that look at, okay, what, you know, what did he say? You know, what did you get for the chest? What did you get for the shoulders? What'd you get for the hips? What'd you get for the thighs? And then you'll have that equation that puts that person into a category of what their body fat, the assessed or the estimated body fat um, percentages for that person. Mm -hmm. So I look at multiple views, right? You know, um, but if it's, if it's a mixed goal of body fat loss, as well as lean body mass gain, there may not be a whole net difference on the total measure, the total inches, but for somebody that, you know, is looking to make specific changes like in, in, you know, biceps, thighs, then that, that may be encouraging as one goes up, the other one goes down, but total inches may not change overall, mm -hmm. but it is, it is something to refer. You can, you can look at it from a lot of different angles 
when right. it comes to circumference measures. And it's cheap and easy. And uh, I just bought, I just bought a measuring tape, you know, for a buck fifty. Yeah, right, and is. make sure that it's obviously non-stretchy. Yeah. There you yeah. go. You want you want the non-stretchy okay. ones, so that's important. But you know, one thing about its circumference measurements when we talk about it, you know, this is even something that our Department of Defense uses. And I found that to be pretty interesting. So they, that's how they determine their service members' body fat percentages is because, mm -hmm. again, it's quick, it's simple, and it's easy. Um, so so if you haven't taken your circumference measurements then and you're just looking at the scale, I would stop just focusing on that and look, get yourself some tape, have someone help you take these measurements and record them and see, you know, and then again, there are different equations that you can look at. Another one that I use very often because, again, it's quick, it's simple, and it's easy, and I have... Um, with i i have some are the skin fold calipers and yep. you know again when you're looking at this it's it's probably the oldest method that's out there really of someone using um it's very simple the thing is is basically you're looking at different areas and you're me being the the trainer or the practitioner whoever's taking these measurements pulls your skin away you know and then they're going to take these calipers which are like little pinchers and they're going to pinch it they're going to write those numbers down and then again we're going to look at the thickness of you know your your fat in relation to whatever area we're measuring it's not always the most comfortable for some people to get yep. pinched by these things but again you also want to think in order for you to get a good reading, you want to be the one that's doing the measurements or having the same person do your readings because my pinch might be a little bit different than Ken's. And we wanna make sure that we're measuring the right side. Usually I do the right side of the body, but um, you know, whatever side you do, you wanna continue to do each and every time. You want the pinches to be about the same. I know the exact sites that I grab. And uh, and it's, it's just a general, Again, not the most accurate, but a general reading of where they're starting versus where we are in reassessments. Yeah. And, you know, just as we always say, when it comes to assessing, you know, whatever you do in the initial assessment, you want to use that same technique. As, as you said, Wendy, for the reassessment, you know, if you can have the same technician, same person, uh, because you have the same behaviors, you'd look at the same markers. But if you're a personal trainer that's within a facility, make sure, you know, if the training of the staff is consistent, then everybody will generally know uh, the same thing to do. So if you're an exerciser who's not a personal trainer and you just listen to Random Fit for the random topics that we talk about when it comes to fitness, um, if, you're, if, you're, if you're a member of a gym or health club and they do offer uh, body composition assessments through the use of calipers, um, you know, I say pay attention, see where they pinch you, see how they pinch you, see if they're using the, the same piece of equipment or the same type of equipment. Well, I'll say the same brand, same piece of equipment just for consistency sake, because as you mentioned, Wendy, uh, calipers, you know, it's just, it can be as cheap as a $5 caliper, but you want to make sure you're using the same caliper because, you know, the, the makers, um, you know, they might have a different uh, surface area on the pincher. The spring load might be a little bit different, which will uh, affect how much pinch they get or the quality mm -hmm. of the pinch. Um, you know, I've seen calipers go for $300 and I've seen calipers on, you know, websites for four or five bucks, right? If you're going to buy them in mass. So, um, you know, as far as that goes, there's a bunch of different sites, different equations. You have a seven site, you have a four site, you have a three site, and for each one, there's a different equation. So even if you're getting the calipers 
as far as a means of assessing your body composition. Make sure too that you're also using the same equations um, because that will affect. You know, you know, I'm of the thought process that the more more is better when it comes to this. So if you have the seven site, the Jackson Pollock, um, you know, it's better getting the three site Jackson Pollock uh, equation. Mm -hmm. So just know that if you're if you're an exerciser and you want to get truer um, uh, results uh, from assessment to reassessment, who's doing it, what's the equipment, and then what's the equation that you're using to assess that. Again, when whenever you introduce a human being into the into the equation, there's there, there's going to be a little bit of you know a little bit more fudge room when it comes to the the quality of the consistency that you're getting. Yeah. And, and now they even have some too that are electronic. And so as soon as I pinch, I can hit yeah. store and it stores it and then it, you know, does the calculations for me. So just like I no longer know how to add subtract because I have my phone that does everything for me. Why not get calipers that does that for me too? But, you know, there are a lot of variations out there. So, so if you haven't, you know, and you have the ability to even go to a gym, a lot of trainers, such as even myself, I, I will do that for some individuals for free because I think it's important mm -hmm. for someone to know their numbers that they really want to know. So just know that your local gyms usually have this available. Um, and you know, that's one thing that you, you consider doing if you don't own a pair or if you um, don't personally have a trainer and you want to know that your numbers. Um, another one too, that I, I've, we have this at the gym, but it's a bio, a bioelectrical impedance analysis machine yeah. where you stand on this basically scale, you hold on to these, these handlebars basically, and it, it zaps current and it's like a weak current. Y'all can't even feel it. I said, I was going to do that. And one of my clients freaked out. <laughs> I'm like, no, we're not going to actually like, you know, put, put, uh, put like lightning to you, but basically, you know, there's a current that goes through and depending on the voltage and the current, it is able to provide whether you're going to go through dense, um, lean tissue, or if you're going through more fat and it spits out a number to give you an estimate as well. So do you ever use those, Ken? Uh, yeah, we used to have like one of those wellness tables um, to, to market our, our personal training services. So we catch them on their way out of the gym after the workout and they'd hold on to that and, you know, oh, what's your age, what's your, mm -hmm. what's your gender, boom, put that in there and then they hold on to it and then they get this reading. But then, you know, it kind of bite us in the butt because the the idea of, of hydration affecting the results so if someone's worked out they've they've sweated and so their hydration might be a little off which might give them a little bit of reading so a different reading so if they did it one day one week before workout or or another day another week at the end of the workouts like oh i just you know i just lost you know five percent of fat right mm -hmm. I'm, I'm 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 shredded i'm lean right so you know, the, the numbers would be a little bit inconsistent, but we would do because it is quick and it, it is easy, but there are a few factors that go into play as far as the quality of the reading that you get. Right. So and from I, day to day. Yeah. It's gonna that's be a really important. Um, that is very, very important. I'm glad you mentioned that because to me, I don't find that one to be as accurate at all. Um, but it is a number and, and something's better than nothing. But I think it's important to mm -hmm. say too, before you do any of your assessments, just like if you're working with a personal trainer and you're doing your movement assessments, I don't want someone to come in and foam roll. I don't want someone to come in and stretch. I want to get them the way that they're coming in and the way that they live their life. And then I want to assess them. And so if you usually get your body, you know, composition done, 
early in the morning, before you have breakfast, before you start to drink a lot of whatever it is, then every time you reassess, I want you to kind of live that same lifestyle again. So therefore, I know that I'm doing the same type of read with the same, you know, like, like you said, you don't want to do one reading before you work out. And then, you know, four weeks later, do something right after your workout, because there could be a difference. So try to think about consistency. Not only is the person doing it, the, the assessment, that should be pretty consistent, but think about yourself and you're going in to get your results read that you are also consistent in the timing, because even the day, the time of day matters. Yep. Everything matters. Everything matters. Uh, everything um, matters. Another one, Ken, you talked about, uh, because you did this at your gym. I did this when I was in college. Again, we had to go through a bunch of these different types of body compositions to find out accuracy, what they're really looking at, find everything out. So therefore we could provide you with this type of information as now I'm older, but hydrostatic weighing. Uh, I think that is one where people are like, wait, you're going to do what? It's underwater weighing. How does that work? Uh, I know that that there, there are actually trucks and vans and 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 pools that come to you. Yeah. Uh, we had that as a community. Uh, I think that one's definitely more accurate than the the electrical impedance. Um, yeah, yeah, one that we just talked about. Yeah. So this, uh, you know, as far as hydro hydrostatic weighing, that basically they sub, you know you you go into this little seat swing that they lower you into, or you sit in it. Right. If, if the pool is made specifically for looking at, you know, how much water displacement. But uh, what it's looking at is your buoyancy being a reflection of how dense you are. So, again, something that's somebody that's more dense, more lean body mass. You're going to you're going to you're going to weigh more versus somebody who's who's got more more uh, fat tissue. Then you're going to be a little bit more buoyant. So that's how, you know, hydrostatic weighing um, uh assesses your body composition but there are some some pros and cons for it because here's the thing if you don't exhale all the way <laughs> right if you don't exhale all the way that little residual air that's in your lungs that's going to make you look a little bit more buoyant so you know if you're if you're hydrophobic if you have this fear of actually being in the water or even submerged for an extended period of time and that was the one thing when you know in college we you know, I took, I made the mistake of taking that testing and measurements class that I mentioned earlier in the winter quarter. And of course oh. we had to go to the outdoor pool where we had this little sling suspended over the pool and it's February. And here we are, we, you, and you have to wear minimal clothing, right? So mm -hmm. you had your shorts on or, 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 or female, you have your bathing suit on. And you get submerged into the water, but here you are, you go out there, you know, you leave the locker room and you got this towel and it's, you know, it's 45, 50. Again, this is the West Coast, guys. So, you know, if you're on the East Coast or the Northeast, I'm sorry, you know, you got 10 degrees out there. But here we <laughs> go outside and you're like, wind's blowing and then you get out of the pool. Of course, now you're wet. But here's the thing. You have to be in there long enough to exhale and hold so that somebody whoever's reading. So you can't be bobbing up and down. And that's one, that's the one downside of being in a bigger body of water. Cause there's, there's a little bit more movement versus if you're in a tank, that's in a, in a, in a hydrostatic truck, a truck that's designed to take hydrostatic measurements. Uh, if you're still bobbing around, you're not going to get an accurate reading, but also just know that if you're going to do this hydrostatic weighing outdoors, you know, it gets a little uncomfortable when it's, when it's cold outside. Uh, so, um, but to this point, you know, when when I was still a fitness manager here in Oakland, 
the you know there was this truck that would pull up and you would go outside still you know whatever the weather may be again wearing almost nothing but then you have to go in there you're in the closed controlled container and you just sit and you have to exhale you have to blow out all the air as much as you can so you have to be comfortable being un totally submerged and with zero you know quote unquote zero air in your lungs for them to get the more accurate reading because that air will make you more buoyant which will affect your your reading and they usually do this i mean you're not just getting one chance i know they usually do it yeah. like a few different times it depends on who you go to and and most of the time when you do go into these facilities and try to do this it is warm water so for those of you guys that are thinking about this. It's not normally um, outside in the cold unless you are, again, taking a class at a university and they don't care if you freeze or not. <laughs> they're, yeah. they're just doing it so you get to experience what it is and, and how that data is read. Uh, but it is, it is, I think, a very accurate way if you can get the air out for a good read. It's usually cost effective. Like I said, a lot of times they're, they're done at community events for free. I think it's a good way to to gather your numbers. Um, I know we're going to actually talk about one more before we just talk about some quick apps and everything. But I think the other one besides the DEXA, I think the second one that I think is probably a little more accurate than the others we've already discussed is the Bod Pod. And Ken, I don't know, have you ever done the Bod Pod? Me, myself? Yeah, once. <laughs> That was, okay. that was enough. So those of you guys that don't know what a bod pod is, and th this is going to totally, totally make me sound old or tell you my age, but there was a show back in the day called Mork and Mindy. Okay. It was a Rob, Robin Williams was, was Mork. And there was another girl who was Mindy and he was like this out of space character that came in, flew in on this egg basically. And he had all these weird powers, but it was a great show. It literally looks like a Mork and Mindy egg. Imagine like a human egg. OK, that's what a bod pod looks like. And you have to put this, you know, this body suit on. And so basically it's skin tight. And the way that they, they measure this, I find it fascinating. But they take the measurements of an empty chamber and they gather that information. And then you go and sit basically in this pod and they close the door. So you really don't want to be. Um, uh, what's the word? Uh, uh you know, you can't be scared of being in like in small. Oh, claustrophobic. I'm like, think of Come on, help me out, partner. Claustrophobic. <laughs> if, because if you are, this is definitely not the one for you to do. But what happens is, is when you're sitting in there, it starts to calculate your air displacement versus your total volume. Um, and, and they gather, you know, your body mass. And so it gathers all this information and it does a comparison and then it spits out your, your results. And so it's determining the volume of air you're displacing in comparison to your total body volume and they compare that to the empty chamber and that's how they get your results again this is something that's usually not free it's uh, something that we actually have at our facility so you know we can get it done but we're also connected to with the personal or a physical therapy and a hospital and they're the ones that brought that machine in but if you've never done it and you're not claustrophobic there's my word uh, it is something that I would strongly suggest you do if you don't want to go and do a DEXA scan because you can get really good, accurate, uh, pretty accurate readings. Yeah. And it, it doesn't take that long either no. to, to actually be in there. You just Two sit minutes. in. They, yeah, they, they seal it up. They get your weight in the beginning and then boop, boop, boop. Then you're done. Two minutes I mean, later, voila, out of your market. Yeah. Mark <laughs> yeah. But like like to your point, Wendy, you're, you're, men you're mentioning, you know, just medical based 
uh, facilities, and and this is this is actually not a cheap piece of equipment either. You know, a couple. No, it is ten, not tens of thousands of dollars. I mean, on the low tens, yeah. but it's still it's still there, right? I'm not going to have one in my house. Let's just say that. <laughs> <laughs> and today on Random Fit, myself, Wendy Batts, and Ken Miller are talking about body composition. I think it's important for you guys to know your numbers. I mean, we've talked a lot about what, what it is. We're basically asking, what are your percentages of you know your body mass, which is muscle in comparison to fat and water and bones? And, and there are a lot of different ways of determining that. Again, we've talked about the easiest is circumference measurements. Uh, calipers are super easy. You, know, you can, of course, get on the scale, find out how much you weigh. But, you know, if you're going to get a little bit more into something that might get you more accurate readings, you've got the underwater weighing, you've got your biological impedance, and then, of course, the bod pod and the gold standard still is the DEXA scan. However, if these aren't something that you want to do because you have to usually go somewhere or work with someone other than the scale, um, there are apps that are out there now. Again, how reliable are these apps? I don't know if you read some of the comments uh, for some of the ones that we we read or that we're going to talk or mention. I, I'm not going to talk about them. It is amazing because now you can set your phone up and it's supposed to do this 3D reading and be able to give you your numbers. And Ken, I know you said when, at Ursa you actually saw uh, that there are some apps out there that, yeah. that you got to see. What well, did you think? Well, apps as well as machines, like you'll you'll stand on a piece and it'll it'll kind of do a little 360 view of you, and not not too much unlike what the VOD Pod does as far as looking at your how much space you take up, but it's now more digitally based, where they look at you, your height, you know, your dimensions, front, back, side to side, and then just looking up, you know, how 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 much space you take up, and then extrapolate your weight versus, you know you know, what it's assessed you to, to be as far as how, how big you are in space. So, I mean, there's, I mean, it's a lot of interesting stuff, but I, you know, I'm, I kind of, you know, because it's newer, I'm, I'm not an early adopter when it comes to a lot of those. I mean, interesting, very interesting as far as, you know, what they're claiming to do, but I think it's very, very early in that space. You know, as, as you mentioned, when it's, it's, it's very early, the technology as well as the application. So I don't know. Yeah, but again, I'm, I'm holding this, out. This is something that you're looking to do. You want to just check it out. I yeah. mean, what I ended up doing just so I could learn more about the apps that were out there, it's under the basically you type in health and fitness, and there's a bunch of them that, that popped up. There was one that was called Bodygram. There's uh, what is it? Uh, uh, Me360 Happy Scale. You know, there's mm -hmm. different trackers and weight loss trackers out there. If you find one that works for you, again, what this whole thing was about is finding one way that or multiple ways of gathering your information and then reassessing. So if you're going to use your own app and this is something that you want to do for yourself, there are things out there that you can do. Um, and it's just you and your phone at that point. Other people don't have to know your business but something is better than nothing. And so you're just going to have yeah. to choose which one is best for you. Thanks, Wendy, for uh, that little wrap up there. You always have a way of succinctly wrapping up everything that we've talked about with our podcast. So um, great episode. As always, I always wind up taking away something from our discussions, especially on this episode of Random Fit, where we're talking about body composition and quality over quantity. So for those of you listening to us here on Random Fit, thank you so much for your time and listening to us talk about whatever we're talking about for that episode. So if you want to hear something as far as random fitness goes, 
like, follow, subscribe, download, share, but to my point, comment. Let us know what you want to listen to. So on behalf of both Wendy Batts and I, Ken Miller, thank you. Take care and be well.